the hold the US has on the petrodollar is unwinding years ahead of what was anticipated. This will destroy the unbacked paper markets for gold and silver. They now have to keep printing or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the Vault. Welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Morand and I will be your host for this week's episode. From the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide, we thank you. And as you can imagine, the community keeps growing more and more every week. And we thank you again for your continued support. And there is a lot to talk about during these historic times. And Andrew McGuire is in the house and we'll be talking gold. This is going to be an amazing episode, I can assure you. So fasten your seatbelts. Of course... Uh, Live from the Vault gives you access to information and inside scoops that you just can't get anywhere else. And so we're glad you're here. But this episode is no exception. And just before we get to Talking Gold with Andrew McGuire, remember, hit that uh, like and, the, and, and share. And why, why is that? Because it really helps the channel uh, for us to reach more people. So smash that subscribe button. And uh, again, like I said, it really helps us reach more and more people on these very, very important topics during this time. And then if you want, you can click that bell there that you see. And if you'd like to be notified in real time as these episodes go live. So with that, let's head over to the UK and talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Now, Andrew, we usually start off with a review of what's happened in the gold and silver markets since our last market update two weeks ago. In fact, this episode is being recorded right now the very day that geopolitics between Russia and Ukraine has escalated, driving the gold and silver prices higher. Uh, can you just run through these fast-changing dynamics and what it means? Yeah, great to be with you again, Shane. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is um, pretty wild stuff going on here. Even and even the analysts at Bloomberg and places like that, literally the mainstream media is confused as to what's going on, uh, especially in the commodity market. So let's let's start. And obviously, we'll look at gold. We'll look at silver. Let's start with the the, the short term, uh, and then look at what really what it really means for the price of gold and silver over the medium and long term. Look, we're going to continue much like today here. We're going to continue to expect really heightened volatility driven by, you know, intraday ebbs and flows of Russia, uh, Ukraine escalations, de-escalations. I mean, the narratives just cannot always be trusted. But notable information coming to light through this volatility is firsthand feedback from our very well-connected liquidity providers. As you know, we're very close to the wholesale market. And these liquidity providers have strong ties to all the global markets. And that includes the Russian Central Bank, which has been buying every single ounce of available physical gold, cleaning out immediate as well as forward purchasing all local Russian supply deep into all of 2022. Uh, so not only does this keep Russian producers busy, but it telegraphs that Russia's intentions for employing physical gold, especially in a time of, uh, of, of uh, sanctions. Now, these reports that the Russian Central Bank would recommence gold purchases on Monday the 28th was published by Reuters, uh, and they, but they didn't go into the scale 
of these gold purchases. And, and while this information has 100% been verified by our own liquidity providers, there is, it is no surprise. If you remember, back in a previous episode, back in January, I think it was, certainly was a couple of months ago, um, that the Russian Central Bank had not just banned all gold experts, exports, which was the case before, but they were also banning all scrap gold exports. We made a huge deal of that because we said they were really, essentially, they were telegraphing something there. And really what we're finding out is they were readying their war chest in, a, in, a, in anticipation of sanctions, which we couldn't have known at the time. But certainly it was very, very strange that when they were withdrawing even uh, scrap gold exports, now, it's clear now that the Russian Central Bank gold accumulation policy, which has openly been underway for quite some time, was being stealthily accelerated. Now, obviously, this beggars the question why. I mean, that's what we, we get all the time. So, But much like China, Russia's physical gold reserves are assessed to actually be multiples more than what is officially disclosed. Now, both Russia and China will choose their moment to disclose these aggregated holdings. Now, they will announce these holdings when they employ the nuclear option of replacing the petrodollar, which is settling vast Russian oil reserves for physical gold. Now, sanctions have put what was probably a five and a 10 year plan right on the front burner. And this is this is what I think is our main focus here. This is definitely a huge deal. Now, look, obviously, while our hearts go out to everyone, unfortunate to be caught up in the misery of a hot war, I do honestly feel that. It's the, the official narrative around the blowback effect of these sanctions are having on the West that are deliberately watered down is really what we're focusing on. So uh, when we note the mainstream news services, they're glossing over the real reason gold is rising in price. I mean, listen to Bloomberg, they talk about every other commodity. Rarely do they mention gold. Or if they do, it's in passing. And, but completely contra to recent speculation perpetuated by news services such as Bloomberg themselves. And I saw this interview with BlackRock chairman following, uh, this was following gold rising above 1900. They were spinning, BlackRock was spinning the idea that Russia may have to sell gold and flood the market. Hey, nice try boys, but our liquidity providers confirm that Russia has been categorically not been selling any gold. And even before the LBMA cut Russian refiners off the good delivery list, other than for refining purposes, no physical ounces were leaving Russia anyway. In fact, it's more likely that Russia and China are in a position to move to this nuclear option of pricing oil for gold. Now, historically, every single effort to undermine the petrodollar exorbitant hegemony privilege did not end well for the countries trying it. However, Russia, China, they're nuclear powers, so can only be sanctioned, not invaded. But the irony, this is the irony, is that these sanctions play right in to an own goal of undermining the petrodollar. Now, directly exchanging physical gold for physical oil will force the paper gold credit market to allocate those positions into physical which will destroy the paper gold market and revalue physical and paper gold, because it cannot diverge, 
significantly higher. Now, all the gold-rich BRICS countries would be very, very happy to import Russian oil uh, benchmarked to a significantly higher gold price. Now, regardless, the current move to back or indeed replace the ruble with a gold-backed currency it jives with many other reports. Uh, last week, we saw Russia moving towards opening the gold market to its citizens uh, and businesses by removing v the VAT element on gold, which really would obviously incentivize the population uh, cash savings to be moved into physical gold. Uh, and it's really swapping rubles versus dollars or euros for physical gold in combination with multi-ton fresh central bank Russian purchases will represent billions of dollars of physical gold suddenly removed from global supply. Now, this sudden unfactored supply shortfall, what it does is misprice billions of dollars of precious metal derivative bets, relying on a much larger volume of backwardated forward supply, which is insufficient to square up unbacked paper bets. And this is, this is unfactored, and it's particularly dangerous for these same actors' bets against silver. Now, <laughs> I can see you perk up there, Shane, and, and we will look at silver in a second, I promise. But Russia has gone into these anticipated sanctions with, at best estimate, a $650 billion war chest, now backed up by very large gold reserves, which they will increase, not just through buying up all local supply, but by bypassing the petrodollar, swapping oil for gold. That's, that is going to bring them more, 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 more gold. Now, Russia, and, and Russia can stand many, many months of sanctions whilst Western economies move into stagflation and recession. Now, gold is in very strong demand, sufficient to raise the physical price, so somewhere between 2300 and 2500 Without and that's Goldman's targets too. I mean, they're just up their targets. I mean, and we all know Goldman's long. And uh, you know, the oil for gold trade as it expands, it ultimately raises the gold price by multiples. As what it does is decimate the paper gold trade entirely. Now, when implementing Basel III NSFRs, the BIS fully anticipated gold would have to be revalued, but I don't think at this pace. So, you know, obviously, very short term, we just dealt with short term, we must expect some pullbacks, we're seeing that today. Uh, that may offer some fresh entry opportunities for stackers. But medium term, technical damage has been inflicted to the upsides. So really, shorts are spooked. Well, Andrew, uh, one of the reasons I am perked, of course, uh, since the very beginning here is that just before we started recording today, uh, you had mentioned that there's a very bullish scenario for silver. And I know we've got a lot of gold fans and a lot of gold, uh, physical gold accumulators, but we also have a lot of silver fans out there. Maybe you can tell everyone uh, what you're seeing in the markets right now. Yeah, Shane, and, and I, I did promise to get back to silver. And look, as far as silver is concerned, and to me, this, this is a huge focus. Sanctions against Russian banks has suddenly cut off 1,350, over 1,350 tons of loco Russian physical silver supply from the wholesale market. Now, that's a big deal. Uh, at the margin, um, in, at the margin it is a big deal anyway, because it, because it is traded on the margin. So in particular, 
Now we know that Standard Chartered, uh, that is a COMEX and an LBMA market making bank has very large banking and refiner presence in Russia, as do other banks. But, but in specifically, this, this is a huge bank. Now, yet to be, be fulfilled refiner orders that were being counted on for fulfillment as far forward as September 2022 are sanctioned and will not be forthcoming. So, <laughs> I mean, that exposes billions of dollars of unbacked silver credit position against a massive shortfall in physical supply. Now, this seriously impacts all the major market making COMEX and over-the-counter liquidity providers with a particular focus on standards chartered who are directly exposed to very large Russian banking and refiner relationships. But this also exposes the Bank of America and Citi and their, it, we've been looking at their SLV unallocated uh, unbacked silver credit position. It exposes that to a potential default. Now, while a large percentage of silver future shorts are over-the-counter long-hedged, these unallocated silver credit positions, because that's all they are, are also undeliverable at anywhere close to current prices. And it's important to understand that. And the recent attention we've been drawing to the unallocated SLV silver credit flywheel, i.e. the ETF that we've been talking about, it's becoming embarrassing. But with blood in the water, if not squared up quickly, the sharks will scent a massive multi-billion dollar arbitrage opportunity here. And one way or the other, silver is being underpriced. Now yesterday, and now we are recording this on Wednesday, we evidenced a concerted efforts by shorts to pit close silver below a very important technical inflection level. Uh, it was 26,225. Now I just see for the moment here, they have just really tried to just tried to take it again and it just took took a better advance there so look look as so this is so far failed there may be more attempts but this is in protection of a very large trade now praise what it does is place recently added bearish silver bets averaging at about we've we've talked about this before around 23 dollars and 80 cents is where their sweet spot was anything above that and we're talking a lot of futures contracts here, although they're hedged by, by the over-the-counter market, are still undeliverable. It puts them into jeopardy, tr triggering a steady volume of margin calls on very large short positions. Now, we saw this yesterday, and we can see a scramble to defend these positions now. But as we've previously assessed, while these bets are so-called hedged in the over-the-counter market, these spot longs, are undeliverable, unbacked silver credit positions. And it's spooking liquidity providers who have raised the EFP spread. And if you remember, this is that conduit that blew up in March 2020, where, we, where, where basically you've got the futures price and you've got the, the, uh, the, the spot price. And when we see this spread widen to as much as 65 cents again today, yesterday, today, um, as margin calls started to bite, there is no doubt these bets are deeply, deeply underwater. And the unfactored short squeeze places both the lessor and the lessee of these bets in a position where they will seek to exit these liabilities either on dips, which we're seeing now, or into rises into a red hot commodity sector. Now, with every Western, uh, Western uh, country except Dubai and China now on the, on the uh, 
list of enemy countries, as Russia would put it, <clears throat> absolutely all of the 1,350 tons of Russian silver supply is completely cut off. Now, this comes on the back of China now locking down all uh, domestic silver supply, as well as actively accumulating Russian silver and all commodities to build stockpiles. It makes sense, absolutely. Uh, and while 1,350, um, 1,350 tons may only be about, let's say, 6% of total global supply, at the margin, this exposes massive derivative bets to be repriced and short covered. And that changes the dynamics and as best estimate as possible, it's effectively cutting global supply by about 20% in real terms. Now, institutional silver shorts have never factored in these events are going to want, you know, and they're gonna to want to exit. They just didn't see this coming. They're gonna to want to exit the paper market shorts as the COMEX EFPs that we've just described will be increasingly sourced for delivery. So currently, COMEX is trying to protect COMEX by expanding these EFP spreads to a massive 65 cents. What's that, 3,200 bucks a contract? I mean, in spread, this is telegraphing a major issue. This is already arbitrable. And what happens if this rises to, I mean, this could rise to several dollars. Just think about that, what, what the impact of that would be. And just recall what happened when spot gold longs were turned on for delivery uh, in March 2020. These EFP spreads expanded to $100 per ounce as these spot longs raced to cover their offsetting COMEX shorts. Again, we were talking back then of an unbacked um, gold market, physical uh, gold market in, another, in the over-the-counter markets versus an unbacked um, COMEX short. Now, since then, Basel III has kicked in, and, uh, but, but really, and silver is still exposed to the similar thing, but to really add validation to these yet unreported physical supply shortages completely out of the blue, last Wednesday, we started getting blanket orders asking us to provide and lock in, uh, we want monthly, recurring monthly tonnage tra tranches of silver as soon as possible at market, I mean, whatever that means, to actually secure it, it's, it's virtually impossible. At current prices, that is. So at market is gonna raise that price. Now, while some sellers appeared into the very early stages of the short squeeze and into attempts like today, where you see some bids being pulled and you see people trying to take some profits on what they think is a contained silver price, these, these, these physical sellers that appeared um, were tiny and were very much scooped up in Asia as soon as they appeared and will continue to be scooped up in Asia when they appear. Now, similar physical delivery orders are also moving through the entire wholesale network, which has not yet been realized, but will undoubtedly serve to raise the offer price to provide silver to meet this demand into a tight for supply physical market. Notably, this will sidestep the SLV flywheel, which has been the big issue all along. Without that flywheel, silver would be significantly higher. Now, clearly, this completely unfactored supply shortage impacts all the other LBMA market-making banks relying on this 1,350 tons of Russian physical supply that they will not now receive, but they have bet on. 
market-making LBMA banks had factored in the bulk of this physical supply would be delivered to them, certainly into by the bulk of it by the end of the second quarter 2022. That's only a couple of months away. And footprints indicate these market-making LBMA banks had placed positive carry unbacked derivative bets against the expected supply, fully expecting to contain that price into this paper squaring event. So if you forward sell in the spot market, you tend to get a positive carry on silver. Albeit small, but in big size, that could be very profitable as long as you contain the price. But if you can't contain the price, you are in a world of pain. Now, without physical supply to square off these spot index silver credit positions, it leaves these bearish bets hanging by a thread. And given current Russia sanctions are likely to remain in place, well, as you'd think, at the very least during this quarter, uh, and very likely beyond by the looks of it, if physical supply demand prices do not start closely reflecting paper prices, they will be arbitraged, severely raising the threat of another March 2020-like EFP blow-up in both, uh, uh, both gold futures and silver futures. Now, you know, do suggest going back to looking at some of the older, um, uh, some of the older, back all the way back to March 2020 uh, and April and May, we went through in detail, in, in granular detail, how this worked. Now, albeit it was, it, it, albeit it was rising for a different reason, it was nevertheless a physical supply shortage that caused the March 2020 paper to physical EFP blow up in both gold and silver. And in silver, such a supply shortage at this time would rally silver from a $14 higher stair step and in gold from about a $500 plus higher stair step. Now we'll look at gold again in a moment, um, but into an on fire broad based commodity sector Sitting on the paper price of silver is going to end badly for the very large recent derivative bets made against silver with a break-even price, as we say, of about 23.8. Now, I'm not suggesting that on the scale of the 24-hour, uh, 250% uh, uh, rise in nickel on that short squeeze and the LME margin extensions and de essential defaults, but extensions, but if in doubt, is the, 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 the policy for a compliance officer when looking at this kind of market and when we see Bloomberg coming up and saying, we're confused, what do you think a compliance officer is going to do? It's going to say, if in doubt, kick it out. That is generally the policy um, and take the, take the hit. Now, we, we see the entire unbacked, unallocated gold uh, COMEX EFP to SLV silver credit position to be turned on its head. Now, with such a shortage of physical and with SLV undeliverable, COMEX EFPs hitting the spot FX market priced below real supply demand prices will largely sidestep SLV so that people can actually get physical delivery, forcing liquidity providers holding the long spot gold short dollar credit position to convert these long foreign exchange positions into physical at market potentially forcing a similar March 2020-like EFP blow-up. Now, bear in mind, the last time silver hit an unfactored supply shortage, it tripped off massive at-the-margin short bets uh, and, and literally screamed them and rallied silver about 18 bucks, bucks before an actionable pullback. So it was 
Really, the billions of dollars of wrong-footed bearish derivative bets that drove the last short squeeze. And despite the fact that SLV, this, this what I think is a completely criminal organization, when you, when you see uh, orders for silver coming in, and even BlackRock's admission um, back in February 2021, where we say, well, we're just not going to allocate these positions because we can't get the physical. Oh, no, at that price, you couldn't. But by refusing to get them, what are you doing? You're containing the price. So to me, I think that's a criminal organization. And, 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 and despite the fact that, that they were able to flywheel and dilute a large percentage of the COMEX-centric bets, still the still hit 30 bucks from bearish bets made at 12 bucks. Now, the scale of bearish derivative bets is even larger now. And this shortfall, shortfall could easily drive a similar short squeeze into the $40 per ounce area. Now, while it's absolutely clear now that at an, a minimum, the Bank of America and Citi are in a world of pain on recent short additions to silver. Now, following Citi getting stopped out of their oil short position, I think not last, yeah, last Monday, not this Monday, last Monday, um, we see the paper-driven dips here to be just really a failing desperation attempt to, 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 to rescue a bleeding OPEX short position, which in excess of 26 bucks is going to cause a problem. But given our first-hand news of tight supply, extremely strong demand into an on-fire commodity market, we would anticipate these shorts to ultimately fold and a coiled silver market to move substantially higher. Now, bear in mind that silver is benefiting from a broad base commodity rally. And at best estimate, the maximum pain point for the recent added silver shorts would be a pit close at 26,225, which we got yesterday. Today will be, and, and by the time you see this on Friday, we'll see where we are. Um, but one way or the, the other, we, we see this as a major technical inflection point and could trigger sufficient margin calls to force a similar March 2020-like short squeeze. All right. Well, I'm positive that everyone in the our silver community is fired up, and this is incredible. But based on what you just said about silver, it triggered two questions, Andrew, and I'll take them one at a time because where does this leave gold is the first question. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's look. Let's put Russian bullish drivers aside. We've talked about those, and and, and medium term, this is huge for gold. But looking at gold, again, the March 2020 physical shortages illustrated how the paper market operates at the margin. And it only took the unfactored Swiss-European refiner shortages, which were COVID-related at that time, into very strong physical demand that caused the, 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 uh, the GLD uh, ETF to fracture and the EFPs to expand and to as high. And remember, we saw gold... EFP, as we just mentioned, $100 an ounce per ounce difference between somebody scrambling to, 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 to unload a long gold position, which they were being asked for delivery on, to cover it on, on the COMEX. Suddenly it was bid only. And of course, they were, they were creamed. And this came very close, actually, to bankrupting the entire daisy chain of LBMA taxpayer-backed first-tier and second-tier liquidity providers. Now, while officials bailed out the first-tier banks uh, back in March 2020, we went through this in, in a lot of detail, the second-tier liquidity providers lost millions and 
actually exited this space shortly after March 2020. So, so while a large percentage of gold and silver future shorts are over-the-counter long-hedged, when spun inside the GLD and SLV flywheels, which we have been focusing unwanted attention on week after week after week, these unallocated gold and silver credit positions are equally undeliverable. The blowback on these positions comes from the resulting price dilution being crystallized and arbitraged outside the casino in the deliverable spot foreign exchange gold and silver markets. So backwardations, as we know what a backwardation is, is when the price of, of you, when you see the price of the futures market uh, far cheaper than the price of the futures market, backwardations will be arbitraged or the exchange for physical conduit will force liquidity providers to deliver on the longs they're hedging on the COMEX. Now, this didn't work out very well for them last time and was one of the primary reasons that Basel III and SFR standards were implemented. So, Andrew, um, I am not aware of anyone who's been tracking the effects of Basel III longer than you. You were probably the first to talk about it. Many of others have come, but you've been really tracking uh, the effects that Basel III is having on the paper to physical market over over a year now, at least. And so maybe you can update our uh, community on where are we uh, at this point with this? Yeah, Shane, and that's uh, good because this is this is so important, and and many people uh, disillusioned because they didn't see an overnight spike. Now we've determined though that Basel III has forced all the LBMA first and second tier banks and market making liquidity providers to be NSFR compliant. This is a huge deal. This has forced all but the GLD flywheel that we've been drawing all this unwanted attention on, it's all but that is, is left that, that can be gained. Uh, and, and really, because they are backed, uh, basic, basically GLD flywheel is backing over-the-counter contracts uh, with physical. I mean, and, and these are, these are un, they're, they're, they're still just gold credit, in other words. They're not actually allocated. And as we've recently gone public on, our liquidity providers confirmations of active sovereign size demand weeks before this Russian sentence. If you remember, we were talking about sovereign buyers turning up, central bank size buyers turning up. It also jives with our first hand information over three weeks ago that, uh, that the first tier LBMA market making bank Goldman Sachs had squared off all the unallocated gold market credit risk and moved Basel III compliant. There are just no coincidences here. And we, we, we still can't confirm the remaining first-year market-making LBMA banks who are privileged to have these gold accounts at the Bank of England, which of course are directly related to the BIS. We can't confirm they've done the same. And we talked about this last time and we still don't have information to confirm it. But it's ex extremely likely that by now they've also become NSFR compliant. And this over-the-counter market compliance is increase, it increasingly limits their collusive leasing or naked short selling activities to what can be really EFP'd out of the COMEX into the GLD ETF, where it can still be parked as unallocated gold credit position for now. Now, clearly this does not assist in real supply demand dis uh, price discovery. And that has been the game so far this year. And I think it's changing. Flywheeling 
unallocated as yet unbacked EFP gold credit positioned into and out of the gold ETF is where the remaining BIS swaps are being churned until they are squared. And we talked about this last time. However, the whole point of Basel III and gold is to eliminate paper market risk. But the BIS realizes this will discover a higher gold price into which they are gearing up. Russia oil to gold move will accelerate a gold market revaluation. Uh, and let's, let's, look, let's look at what we think is the bigger plan here, because the first thing to note is that Russia has been preparing for sanction years ahead of the move to annex Ukraine. It's pretty darn obvious. They did not go into this blindly. And as far as silver's concerned, while not yet NSFR compliant, all commodities are opposing a risk that would pose a risk to the balance sheet of the same too big to fail taxpayer supported banks will have to become compliant. And with the silver position now severely offside, good God, topping out at 80 to one recently, still in the high 70s, I mean, much like City had to short cover their short oil position, so will they and the Bank of America to have to short cover the portion of their bets that are not directly hedged with physical. And, it, and that's a big chunk of it. And in the meantime, as we head into next week, escalating geopolitical safe haven drivers will continue to rule the intraday moves in both gold and silver uh, bolstering safe havens all across the crosses, but, and as we see here, but news, eco-news will take a back seat. Uh, and, and as we evidence into the non-farm payrolls beat just last week, of course it'll take a back seat into as yet unfactored, very serious global escalations. And this will force the Fed to rethink policy and likely start to provide a sufficient accommodation to avert a free fall in stocks which is really what quite clearly what the focus is right now. So really, in, if, if summing it all up, all commodities are in strong demand and will ultimately force the large silver bets to capitulate. Gold is in strong. Can't, uh, I can't underscore how strong this sovereign and central bank demand uh, is, and which will assist in bypassing the only remaining non-Basel III compliant GLD flywheel. Now, blowbacks from current position sanctions have still not impacted uh, the global crosses, severely impacting growth projections in Europe, Asia and the US. And this is going to force policymakers desperate to prop up a very fragile global stock market to rethink their hawkish rate hike stance. So you suddenly see a risk on move and you wonder why what's going on. Well, it's, there's, there's an undercurrent right there. This is the perfect setup, though, for a gold and silver price revaluation. And likely we see this before the end of this quarter. And while the U.S. may attempt to ban gold ownership to protect the petrodollar, we see the BIS taking the opposite stance. And when it comes to gold, Europe and the U.S. are on completely separate paths. We talked about this before, and they are definitely on separate paths. And while we may evidence short-term pullbacks on the ebbs and flows of geopolitical escalations, de-escalations, um, historical bear, pocket, bear, bear, bear paper market technicals have been broken to the upside. You cannot exclude that. And the paper market discount will be arbitrage. So when they try and cover these positions and the price gets too low, it will be jumped on. And each day the price holds inside the very bullish 
fresh physically driven ranges, sovereign demand and central bank bids will stair-step higher to forge strong support. And there's one thing perhaps to take away here. It is to grab as much physical gold and silver as you can. The hold, uh, the hold the US has on the petrodollar is unwinding years ahead of what was anticipated. This will destroy the unbacked paper markets for gold and silver, and a real supply demand price will finally emerge. Do you know what it is? I don't, but it's a hell of a lot higher, guys. Thank you, Andrew McGuire. I said at the beginning of the show, you cannot get this information anywhere else. We've got Andrew McGuire talking gold. And remember, buy physical and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. And there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another fascinating episode of Live from the Vault. And remember, please help spread the word about this channel by liking, by sharing, and by subscribing. Click that bell if you want to be notified as each episode goes live. Don't miss it. Pass it on. And with that, we'll see you next time here on Live from the Vault. See you then.